Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 131. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from Philly Voice. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Jimmy... I am doing as good as you could possibly be doing without Eagles training camp actually going on and you and I and everyone else being there and talking about it. So that's Yeah, I mean, we'd be but. like how many weeks into it by now? Actually, like I think I saw – so we're recording this on Friday. I think I saw somebody say yesterday on, on Twitter that the the Hall of Fame game would have been – Thursday yeah. night so like and like normally like when when that game is on I feel like we're pretty deep into camp already so like you know we would have already been like you know a good two weeks into camp already we haven't seen a single practice yet and we still won't until at least the 12th and more probably the uh the 17th is when we'll actually begin to you know see practices or whatever uh but yeah it's been kind of a bummer of an off season. The latest news that we got since the last time we recorded was that Doug Peterson tested positive for coronavirus. Mm. So that's already kind of been beaten to death. We won't go uh, too much detail on that. But I think my biggest takeaway on that is, you know, Deuce Daly will get a chance to run the team. You know, assistant head coach is normally a title that really doesn't mean a whole lot. But in this case, he'll kind of be running the show to some degree. Doug will be... Of course, um, you know, basically running the team virtually uh, while he's out. He will, I don't know, I don't want to say he'll likely be back this time or that time, but um, if he has a couple uh, negative tests, then, you know, he can be back uh, after 10 days. And then there's some other contingency that he'll be allowed to come back uh, even sooner than that. Uh, what, what day was that that he it was the 2nd of August. Yeah, it was on Sunday, this past Sunday, recording August 7th. And I think today is actually the, the soonest he can come back, assuming, you know, everything goes well, but we don't know, you know, if that'll be the case. I think the thing with Doug that's concerning, obviously, you know, you, the long-term effects of yeah. this disease, which we don't know, is obviously a big thing. But just in, just like the fact that, I mean, he got it and it wasn't like he showed up to the facility and they had their testing like they've been doing and he kind of didn't pass the initial testing. Like he was already in the building, so he did pass the initial testing. Somehow he clearly got it and that just kind of isn't great for for the NFL uh, environment. Obviously, we haven't seen a ton more pop up, so that's encouraging and good, I guess. Um, yeah, not ideal. And kind of just like highlights like what if this does happen, you know, during yeah. the season or, or so – uh, it's a fragile environment. Jimmy, I just wanted to remind everyone that BGN Radio is presented by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. You can eat the same meat snacks that the Eagles do now by going to RightToSelling.com and using discount code BGN15 at checkout for 15% off orders of $50 or more. And Jimmy, because of the coronavirus, unfortunately, 
we haven't been able to do our usual kind of 53-man rosters. I mean, I usually do one every week during training camp. I do one <laughs> right. before before OTAs, after minicamp. Like, you know, and it's worthwhile because, like, you're seeing things that actually make your opinions change on those yes. rosters. This offseason, we haven't had that because we haven't seen anything. We're kind of just going off of media reports at best. But today, we're going to go through the Eagles 53-man roster projection. Yeah, right. Now that uh, the opt-out, uh, we were waiting until the uh, the opt-out deadline came and mm-hmm. went, which that came and went, of course, on Thursday. So, yeah, let's just get right to it. Um, quarterback, pretty self-explanatory in my opinion. I'm sure you just have Carson Wentz, Nate Sudfeld, Jalen Hurts, correct? Yes, in that order. Now, do you think he should quarantine quarterback team? Yeah, what exactly does that even mean? <laughs> like, he just doesn't come to the facility at all? Or I guess you just keep him in his own separate, like, meeting room or whatever, you know, just like a different, just totally sequestered off from, from everyone, I guess. I, don't I know. think that's kind of difficult to do, maybe? Because at the same time, you, they got it, like, quarterback is a position where you, you really got to... You know, you got to keep on top of it mentally to stay sharp. And you know, I don't know how you do that. Uh, but of course, the risk of having all your quarterbacks get wiped out by coronavirus is obviously a worse scenario. So, I mean, I can see the merit to it. I just don't know how you do it. I guess they could, you know, they could learn, you know, they could be in on meetings virtually. Maybe you don't necessarily need to have them there. And I guess mm-hmm. with a guy like Nate Sudfeld, I've made this point several times whenever I talk about Sudfeld. There's only three other quarterbacks in the NFL. Sorry, three other number two quarterbacks in the NFL that uh, have been with their respective teams longer than Nate has been with the Eagles. So I guess there isn't much, you know, learning of the playbook that he needs to do at this point. Like he knows, he knows the offense. He knows how to run it. He doesn't necessarily maybe need to be there as much as a younger quarterback or a guy that hasn't been with the team as long as he has. So he would be the guy that you would that you would quarantine, I would imagine, if you were to go that route. But it's tough to do. What do you think about it? I don't think the Eagles are really – they don't seem to be seriously considering it. Whenever Doug's been asked about it, it wasn't like – he didn't really treat it as something like they're, they're really actually going to do, or at least that's my reading of his response. So I don't think it's going to happen. And to be clear here, I think we should state from the top, this 53-man roster is what we're projecting what the Eagles would do, not like our personal Right, preference. correct. Yes, yes. Kinda, yes. I think that's important to mention, just like a mock draft. Like a mock draft isn't always what you think teams should do as much as what will happen. So, so yeah, and I think Sudfeld will be the number two, as we've kind of talked about here, especially earlier on in the year. Yes. Now, you know, especially if Carson Wentz gets hurt in game, you know, and, and Sudfeld's just there and you can plug him in. As opposed to if Wentz goes down for like the season, God forbid. I think it's Hurts in that scenario. Yeah, at that point it should be Hurts because what do you? I mean, maybe it's Sudfeld for like the, the way first that I look game. At it, like if you're an opposing team, like would you rather face Nate Sudfeld or Jalen Hurts? Depends. Uh, to me, it depends at the juncture. <laughs> I think for me to, at any time, I'd rather face Nate Sudfeld. Mm-hmm. You sort of know what you have there. I mean, not that he's played a lot in the NFL, but I'd be more afraid of the more talented player, which yeah. is Hurts. Um, so we both have them keeping three there. That's pretty cut and dry. Then we go over to running back. I have the Eagles keeping four, Jimmy. It's Miles Sanders. I think he's a lock to make the team this year. I think he's probably <laughs> you think so? safe. Uh, Boston Scott, Corey Clement. And then the f- the fourth one's hard. I, th- I think they keep a fourth one. It's just kind of, this is like one where, you know, if we had practices and stuff, Maybe we could have a better idea of who this actually is, but I'm just going to roll with Elijah Holyfield right now. What about you? I have the same four. Um, the two guys that the Eagles signed during the undrafted free agency period were, of course, Michael Warren and Adrian Killens. 
uh, as we've mentioned here on the podcast. Both of those guys had draftable grades uh, by the Eagles. Personally, I think Warren has a better chance of making the roster than Killens because mm-hmm. he's the type of back um, that they sort of lack currently in that he's you know sort of like a between-the-tackles banger, while Killens is you know a, sh- a smaller guy. I think he's kind of thought of as having some returnability, but for my money, like... I don't really see that so much. Like he had one touch, he had re- one return touchdown in his career at UCF, and that was his freshman year. So it's been three years, four years really since he's had one, and that's kind of what I what I want to see out of a returner at the college level. So I'm not even sure he really brings a lot to the table from a special teams angle. A lot of the fans really love him because he's super fast. But when you say Holyfield, I agree there because you know they added him to the active roster during their stretch run last year even if he wasn't realistically going to play. So they that's a guy that they targeted, and you know they, that's a guy they, they absolutely want to get a look at this offseason, and I'd give him the leg up over Warren or Kellens. Yeah, and I don't think the Eagles need to add a veteran here unless Miles Sanders gets hurt. Because at that point, it's kind of looking a little bit dicey. I feel like, like Boston Scott and Corey Clement and Holyfield as your top three guys, you know, if Sanders isn't there, like that seems kind of thin to me because it's not like you can trust – Scott to really, I think, handle a big load over a long period of time. I think Clement, as long as he can stay healthy, like he's making the team. The team really likes his special teams ability. I think was it Dave Pitt really talking him up, um, and, and maybe Deuce too. Uh, yeah, Holyfield. It's just I don't really know what the Eagles have in him because we ha- we haven't gotten to see him, especially too after you listen to the uh, Eagles hashtag Jersey number analytics podcast and you realize that Michael <laughs> Warren is wearing number 38 and there's no way he's making the team with that bad of a number. <laughs> well, Killens is 46, I think. Yeah, but I think that's okay for him. I like a, really? a, running, back, a running back in the uh, 40s. A small running back in the 40s is, is acceptable. He did get Dorenboss's number. I mean, there was some thinking that maybe they weren't giving out Dorenboss's number, but obviously they are. Or didn't they uh-huh. give it out to somebody during camp one other year? They gave it to Rudy Ford last year. Okay. Briefly when they traded for him. But they had they had <laughs> kept it on ice for a little bit. <laughs> okay. Moving over to wide receiver. I think the Marquise Goodwin thing was kind of the most interesting thing about this prior to him opting out. It was like, how does he fit in? It's like, is he gonna make the team? Like it was kind of like a weird it could go either way to yeah. me at least. Uh, but now it seems pretty almost cut and dry for the most part. That's gonna be Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Um Jalen Rager. Greg Ward, I would put Greg Ward as the starting slot right now. So Agreed. Uh, Rager at uh, X and then Deshaun at Z. Although, you know, they could fl- they could flip around. It's not going to be like cemented. But just, you know, if I'm putting it on paper right now, uh, J.J. Arthiga-Whiteside will probably get some kind of playing time. Uh, and then John Hightower and Quez Watkins both make the team for me. So that's six. Yeah, I have the same six. Before... Goodwin opted out. I had them keeping seven. So I had, mm. I had them keeping all those. I think a lot of people maybe thought that Quez Watkins would get cut. Yeah. Uh, did you have him out on your last yes. 53? Yeah. So I've always had him in because they were actually sort of debating between Hightower and Watkins in the war room is, as, is my understanding. You know, some people liked Hightower more. Some people liked uh, Watkins more. They went mm-hmm. Hightower and then they drafted Bradley in the sixth round, and then in their you know their next pick in the sixth round, Watkins was still there, so they're just like screw it, we'll take him too. So like they they you know they they did view him as a guy worthy of that fifth round pick. At least some people in the building did. So I, I always kind of had him in, and you know seven might be a little bit of an overkill, so keeping seven receivers. But I was gonna ha- I was gonna have them keeping seven. But now, like you said, I believe it's also cut and dry that it's gonna be those six guys. You also have you know some guys like Deontay Burnett. 
who made a couple plays last year. Robert Davis, not so much, but he got some playing time last year. Manasseh Bailey, he's got some speed. And the Marcus Green, who they cut and reportedly added back. I don't see him on their on the Eagles. Uh, they never confirmed it. Official, you know, roster page. But he's probably going to be back. He's a guy that, like I mentioned before, uh, Killens didn't have much in the way of return touchdowns in college. What did Green have, like four or five or something like that in college? I don't know. So he's he's intriguing. He was drafted. He was, he, I mean, he got Six drafted last year by the Falcons. And uh, the Eagles added him off of waivers when they let him go. So, or not waivers, but they, they signed him to their practice squad once uh, Atlanta let him go. Um, so, I mean... Those, it's, I want to say those guys don't have a chance, but uh, I would say that the six that you mentioned really have a leg up on the other guys. Jimmy, quick trivia question for you. Who was the second youngest wide receiver? Well, I guess third youngest wide receiver, sorry, on the Eagles roster. Do you know who it is? Well, Rager would be the youngest. You mentioned his name. Oh, is he? He's the third youngest? Deontay Burnett is the third oh, youngest. Burnett. He's only 22. Okay, gotcha. yeah, yeah, He's okay. only 22. Yeah. Deontay uh, I brought Burnett that up. Was, a, uh, was an Aguilar favorite. Hmm. Deontay Burnett went to USC. So. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. That seems like a, not an endorsement to many people, although I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that wide receiver situation just, you know, obviously, too, here didn't state it, but obvious that Alshon were expecting him to begin the season on reserve slash PP, which means he will miss at least the first six games, if not more. Uh, so that's your six in the meantime. And it's just, it's not that amazing on paper of like a, it's not like that confidence inspiring of a group there. That's, no. that's so much youth. If Deshaun gets hurt, it's Rager, it's Ward, it's, it's Jayjaw, it's Hightower, it's Watkins. Like there's no veteran. There's not a veteran there. It's all yeah. We, young we, guys. we mentioned this on a previous podcast, but they have like you take Deshaun out of the mix. We didn't even mention Alshon Jeffrey. He's on. He's on pop. The assumption for me anyway is that he's not going to be ready for the start of the regular season. But if you take uh, Deshaun and Alshon out of the picture. The remaining receivers on the roster have a combined like six hundred something receiving yards over their careers. So like they're totally inexperienced. It's a totally inexperienced group. And Greg Ward would be the oldest guy in the room at twenty five years old. <laughs> like, <that's laughs> right, crazy. right, right. Old uh, man so Ward. Moving on, the Greg Award, as you said in your mailbag. <laughs> like, that's right. That's a good one. Uh, tight end. I have the Eagles going light here, Jimmy. I only have Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Really? On the 53. Okay. Yeah, we'll get into the practice squad later, but yeah. You know, last year, I think they, they got some deserved criticism, the Eagles did, when mm-hmm. before the Falcons game, Dallas Goddard, you know, in pregame warm-ups, realized he couldn't go, and they had to throw out their game plan. He was going to be a heavy part of that game plan. They had to throw it out, and, you know, big part of their playbook was, was just gone. They kind of had to shift on the fly. So the thinking is, if you're going to go so too tight end heavy, you should probably have a good third tight end, you know, in case one of your guys goes down. But I guess their thinking is, well, if a tight end goes down, then we just won't be so tight end heavy anymore. We'll just, you know, mm-hmm. kind of uh, have a lot of a lot more, you know, three wide receiver sets. So I kind of get that, and I understand the logic maybe behind only keeping two tight ends. I do think they're going to keep Josh Perkins. Uh. Perkins does nothing for me, but for some reason they clearly like him. They also have Noah. How do you say his last name? Tongiai? Tongiai. Tongiai. Oh, there's like a... a silent N. <laughs> so like no, I there's went a, over it's, this. It's the, it's the reverse of the silent N. There's there's the phantom N. The you phantom N. You say the N, but it's not in his name. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and uh, Caleb Wilson, who they just added off of waivers from... Chris Wilson's son. Where was he from? Washington football team. Oh, that's right. The, the Cardinals draft... He was the Mr. Irrelevant. So he's the... 
It was the very last pick of, was it the 2019 draft? Yep. So he was the son of, not was, is the son of Chris Wilson, former Eagles uh, defensive line coach. So Jimmy, uh, those, those two guys are, those two guys are more known for, for their uh, for their receiving abilities than their blocking abilities. Go ahead on your trivia question. Who was the second person that Doug Peterson hugged after winning the Eagles won the Super Bowl? Hmm. Was it Chris Wilson? No, that was actually the first person. <laughs> I wanted to see if I could trick you, and I got, you <laughs> got, got you pretty good. <laughs> I actually don't know who the second person was, but <laughs> I do know the first person was Chris Wilson. I always remember that. It's kind of funny to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you did trick me. Good job on that. But uh, yeah, I have him keeping Perkins. I think that's an, that's another – like like running back. We didn't mention before running back, like – LaShawn McCoy signed with the Bucks. McCoy said the Eagles showed interest in him. Well, I mean, you signed for the veteran minimum, so how much interest could they possibly show in you, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I do think there's a possibility of them adding a running back. I also think there's a possibility of them adding another tight end. Yeah, a, I think they veteran. should. When you, when you look at Perkins, uh, <laughs> just like I'm looking at, like, I guess I didn't realize how much smaller he is than the other guys. Like, he's only listed at 223. So, no wonder why they play him at wide receiver, too. Right. Like, like by you know by contrast, Ertz, Goddard, they're like two fifty. Like like he's just a smaller guy, and you kind of see that. Like he's not a good run blocker. Um, yeah, I just I don't get it. I don't get the the Perkins thing. So my thinking with tight end here is this is where the new fifty five man game day roster or whatever. It's not technically game day because not everyone's active, but fifty five man roster where you can call up two players from the practice squad each week. This is what I was thinking. I was kind of thinking they could do that with tight end a little bit. Like, they don't have to keep Perkins or whatever on the roster. They could just call him up for game day and then kind of do that. Isn't um, part of the rule on that one of them has to be an offensive lineman, though? Not kind of – not no. You can have 47 players active, I think. Ah, uh, okay. But okay. you can have 48 if you do an extra offensive lineman. Got it. Okay. So, so yeah. So, you can – so, whatever. I, I think that's possible. They could kind of bring a guy up and down um, from the practice squad for that third tight end spot because – I know we're we're doing what they we're, we should be doing what they are gonna do and not what they should do, but like I'm kind of just bleeding into here my personal choice where I just I don't think Perkins like just deserves to make the roster like he's not one of the 53 best players on the team to me so yeah whatever tight end situation moving on from that to the offensive what, line which is well before we get to the offensive line what is your personal choice of the righteous felon offerings um my my favorite choice yeah. Uh, I like the Maryland Monroe a lot with that, um, you know, that Maryland seasoning they have on it. <laughs> the Mar- quote-unquote Maryland seasoning. Yeah, you can't say the real word. Yeah, <laughs> It's not schmold schmay. <laughs> mm, that is true. <laughs> yeah, mine is the uh, Victoria's B.I.G. Okay. The porter with the peppery it, sweet. Yeah, it's the something, it's like the King Stout or the Storm Stout. Yeah, there's like a beer, Victory beer in there. Whatever it is, it's delicious. Yeah. Um, Do you have anything so to add on Righteous Felon? <laughs> well, I thought we were just going to go to the offensive line before. Well we'll, well, we'll get that after the break. I think we should finish with the offensive line. Okay, we'll, we'll do offensive defense. line. It's going gonna, it's gonna to kill me if we don't if we don't finish the... Uh, you got to finish people out are, the offense People are going to riot. Offensive line, Andre Dillard, starting left tackle. We'll see how that goes. Isaac Samalo, uh, Jason Kelsey, Jason Peters at right guard. Lane Johnson at right tackle. And then those are your starters. Then I have Pryor, Milata, Driscoll, PTW, Prince Tega Winogo, and Nate Herbig. That brings me to 10. What about okay. you? Okay. So I have nine. Um, 
you know, it's not, the starting five are obvious. And then I have two locks. So the two locks for me would be Driscoll and Pryor, who mm-hmm. Jeff Stoutland called a quote-unquote starter, uh, even though he's not, and even though they signed Jason Peters back to replace him. <laughs> and then uh, my final two, I only have nine, so my final two would be uh, Winogo and Herbig, because Herbig was the only backup center uh, really on the roster other than Sayamalo and uh, Winogo because he's a draft pick, obviously. I have my lot of out. <laughs> there are two ways to look at that if you want to bring him back to the practice squad, which most assuredly they, they would want to do that if they cut him. One is, do you want to lose him for nothing after trying to develop him for two years? So mm-hmm. that's the risk you run if you let if you you know expose him to waivers at 53-man cutdowns. But on the other hand, and maybe other teams around the league think, well, if they're giving up on him after two years, then what are we going to do with him? Of course, and you should really never underestimate the overconfidence in some of these in some of these coaching staffs around the league. So I have him out for now. Stoutland was pretty lukewarm on him. Mm. Stoutland is always over uh, complimentary of his offensive lineman. Kind of lukewarm on uh, on old Jordan in uh, in our talk with him when 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 we were able to speak with uh, with Stout. So yeah, I have him out. Uh, it would be sort of a bitter pill, I think, for the Eagles to swallow to you know have invested. I mean, not a lot of draft pick capital or you know financial capital on him, but certainly time capital in trying to develop him over these last uh, couple years. But I do think he's not going to make the cut. I, they'll certainly want to bring him back to the practice squad, as I mentioned. But uh, it'll be maybe a little bit of a tense moment watching to see if he'll clear waivers if they do indeed let him go. It is kind of redundant for me to have him on here when I also have Pryor, who can play tackle, at least has taken reps for them there in practice. And you know, Driscoll, too, who said he's lining up at right tackle. And then obviously Prince, too, who also plays tackle. So they kind of have already three guys uh, who can play tackle who are probably going to make the team. So like you don't really need Mylotta there necessarily. But yeah, he's only, what, I think 23 still? Yeah, I, I don't know if they want to bail on him just yet. If they're going to go heavy at a spot, like typically they do like to go heavy on the offensive line. So that's what I'm kind of thinking there, too. Two other notable players there, too. So, you know, Sua Opeta, they like him, obviously. They like him enough to add him to the 53-man roster after the Dolphins tried to poach him during the season last year. Obviously, they did draft Driscoll and Winogo, or I know, I, I guess like they're working as tackles. Driscoll has some guard versatility as well. So maybe that leaves less room for Opeta on the roster. It is maybe. Somewhat, if we really want to dive deep, it's noteworthy that the Dolphins drafted a tackle in the first round and guards both in rounds two and four in the 2020 draft. So maybe they're not interested in Opeta anymore. So maybe they can uh, maybe they can wave him, bring him back to the practice squad. Then the other guy is Luke Jariga, who mm-hmm. I think is competition for Nate Herbig because Jariga is going to uh, he's going to compete at center during training camp for the Eagles. He's another guy the Eagles had a draftable grade on uh, in the 2020 draft. They were able to pick him up as an undrafted free agent. So I don't think it's uh, certainly uh, Herbie is not a lock by any stretch to to make the team this year, even though he stayed on the roster, managed to stay on the roster all year during the 2019 season. But I think he's got legit competition in Jariga. Yeah, the Eagles gave Jariga the biggest, uh, they gave him the, the highest guarantee out of all their undrafted rookie free agent signings. Um, that's typically voted well for players in the past, like Josh Adams made the team, mm-hmm. or at least he got caught up eventually after making the practice squad early in the season. And then uh, Herbig last year and Edwards both qualified for that, and they were both on the roster. So typically, like that's been a good sign for those players. 
Um, so yeah, he's, I would definitely put Jariga in the mix. Although he's wearing seventy four, and I don't know what he's thinking doing <laughs> that at center. That's clearly like a tackle or or a guard number, and he's wearing it at center. So pretty concerning, as we highlighted again with Benjamin Solak and I on the Eagles jersey number analytics podcast. Also want to plug the Trey Thomas interview I did with him about Jason Peters playing at right guard, and also his thoughts on like prior. And my lot because I thought he had some interesting thoughts to share. Also, just had some really interesting things to say about Jeff Stoutland. You know, like Jeff Stoutland gets a lot of credit, but uh, Trey isn't like Trey has a little bit more skepticism and some okay. areas about that. So, kind of interesting to get his thoughts on it. Uh, I thought he explained himself well. That is kind of interesting. I won't. I won't have you give it away. I won't listen. I haven't listened to it. I will, I will listen to that now. What, what, what did he say about my lot? Um, he, he was like, man, if I could just work with that guy, like he, okay. he, he wants so badly wants to work with <laughs> right. Jordan Mailata because like he sees the potential there. He just, you know, he has to, and he thinks he could probably benefit from a different maybe coaching style because he sees them like, he sees Stout having like Mailata catch guys. And I guess Trey would kind of like to have him be a little bit more aggressive in his, in his jump sets and stuff. So, okay. um, so yeah, definitely go check that out. But Jimmy, before or after, it doesn't really matter. One <laughs> attempt, of those attempt two number options. two at the righteous felon. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> obviously, you guys know that BGN Radio is brought to you by Righteous Found Craft Turkey. It is the meat snack that fuels your Philadelphia Eagles. And yeah, they're served at the Eagles Nova Care Complex Fueling Station. So, you know, players are getting their pre and post workout protein fix there. And if it's good enough for the Eagles, it's got to be good enough for you, too. As you know, again, it's based in Westchester, PA. So they're, they're local. Use locally sourced, all natural black Angus beef. They're committed to elevating the meat snacks category with superior quality and creative branding. We talked about our favorites earlier. Jimmy, Jimmy, you said the the victorious Victorious B.I.G. Yes. It's made with Victory Brewing Storm King Stout. So there's like a beer infused thing in there. They have so many other good options. OG Hickory, Baby Blues Barbecue, Marilyn Monroe is one of my favorites. Uh, Bourbon Franklin has like a nice sweetness to it that I was trying with some other people uh, at one point. And they didn't love it as much as I did. So it's kind of like a different one to try. But I really liked it. I, I didn't even know if I would, but I did. But they also have some hot ones too, like a, the Voodoo Chili. Like and it's a good spice level. So if you are a heat seeker out there, kind of like a Nick Weiger, then you would really like that uh, kind of spice. So go to RightToSellOn.com and use discount code BGN15 at checkout to get 15% off when you order $50 or more. There's no limit on how many times you can use the discount code. So make like your favorite team. And load up on the same meat snacks the Philadelphia Eagles do. Jimmy, back after this. Back here on BGN Radio, episode 131. Definitely uh, after we recorded the first segment of this podcast. And not after we recorded the whole podcast and then had to come back in with a different edit because the Eagles re-signed Vinnie Curry here. Uh, James. Definitely are not re-recording this, for sure. Yeah, definitely not re-recording. So, who do you have as your five defensive <laughs> ends now that the Eagles have Vinny Curry back? I With, have. By the way, I want to <laughs> state here, this contract is reportedly worth up to $2 million and it's $1.3 million guaranteed. So, that tells me he's, he's not just... Team. Yeah, he's making the team. So, I have Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat, Joe. I mean, uh, Vinny Curry, and uh, Jannard Avery. How about you? So that's five for you? Yes. I have Brandon Graham, Derek Burnett, Josh Sweat, Vinnie Curry. Those are locked in as your top four, obviously. Yeah. Those are the guys who are actually going to play, you know, barring injury. And then I'm still going to keep Joe Osman here. Oh, okay. You got you have, uh, old Gennard getting cut, huh? Yeah, the guy the Eagles had just had <laughs> to trade a fourth round pick for. I know it's a 2021 fourth, but I don't care. 
Like, that trade is just looking ridiculous to me, Jimmy. It's insane. Like, it's an insane trade that they had. They just had to go out and get this guy who wasn't even playing for the Browns. And they had to give up a round higher than he was even drafted as a fifth rounder. And now, at best, like, really, at best, honestly, like, this isn't even me being negative about it. At best, he's going to be the fifth defensive end on this team. Unless they use him as a linebacker, which is where I think they should use him anyway. I think you got to teach him how to be a linebacker so that you can put him on the field and, you know, he has the... At least there's the there's the possibility of him playing coverage, playing the run. And the best thing that he does is blitz, as, you know, from like that joker type position. But what I... my I did like a, a whole breakdown of him... During the offseason, he was like actually one of the first guys that I did. And the conclusion that I came to is that he can't be a rotational defensive end because you can't put him on the field against the run because he's six foot and he's got 31 inch arms, which is like zero percentile or one percentile or something like that. But he's he just he just doesn't have the size to hold up against the run. And then on one on one situations, he's just going to be limited with his pass rush repertoire because he doesn't have any size. So like. You're not just going to continuously beat guys with with speed around the edge. Like they're going to take that away. So I don't think he's going to have a high percentage of one on one wins as a pass rusher. But again, you can't even put him as part of the rotation because you can't have him in the game if there's a possibility of the other team running the ball. So like he's got to play that linebacker position. If he can't do that, I'm with you. Like I just don't see him as as being able to get on the field. It's going to be Graham Barnett, Sweat, and and Curry. I had Osman on previously before they went out and, and uh, re-signed Vinny. And, uh, you know, he was sort of my quote-unquote, um, you know, who's who's going to be this year's Boston Scott. And, I, like, you know, who's a guy that's kind of been around for a while but hasn't played, maybe has a chance to make the team and, and make some kind of impact in, in 2020. I have, I have him off the team now. You're obviously keeping him instead of Avery. I don't think they're going to cut Avery because they're not going to be willing to, you know, admit that that was a bad trade so quickly. Unfortunately, probably true. But uh, I like Osman. You know, he looked good last year in training camp, as you said before we had to re-record this, Jimmy. Uh, he was going to make the team last year. He looked great in training camp. He uh, His arms are exploding, just huge arms, uh, jacked up. Um, also was getting first team snaps in the defense in that joker kind of role. Um, so unfortunate that uh, we had to re-record this because I... I <laughs> I mean, is the Batman joke still in there? I can't remember. <laughs> anyway. Um, the, uh, the, the, the Avery trade is not looking good. <laughs> it's not looking good. And then you also spent a fourth-round pick on Sharif Miller, who definitely <laughs> is, like, not, you know, in good standing right now. Oh, sure, I, yeah. I mean, the, was, the chances of Avery – not Avery, but uh, – well, Avery, I guess the, the chance of Avery making the team decrease some. But the chances for Osman uh, or Osman, depending on your pronunciation, uh, Sharif Miller and Casey Tuhill making the team – you know, obviously that chances decrease substantially. And then what do we make of Vinny? Because Vinny Curry last year kind of looked like it's an interesting story with him. Because to me, it kind of looked like he was a classic example of the Eagles, like over reliance on nostalgia. He just yes. had one sack in his first 11 games. And it yes. just kind of, you know, but then down the stretch, he had four sacks in his final six games. If you want to go by pro football focuses, pass rush, productivity stat here which is not obviously not a perfect stat and make of it what you will but he actually ranked 10th out of 124 players last year he definitely passed the eye test down the stretch like thought he i think he had a big sack in the dallas game was it and then i think he played well against the giants too like he did play well down the stretch so i i get adding him back in that sense if he can pick up where he left off he can be like a good rotational either third or fourth defensive end you know at the same time 
Mr. Howard Roseman over here talking about how they need to get younger. And Vinny Curry turns 32 this summer, and now you re-sign him, and that means you're not keeping one of your young guys. So that kind of goes against that. Yeah, and I guess the other thing, too, is uh, any idea of trading for Yannick Ngakwe or signing Jadavion Clowney or Everson Griffin. They're already, I mean, the, the chances of that were already remote because of their salary cap uh, situation. But you can uh, put the final nail in the coffin on that one. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say here is that Curry did play more defensive snaps than Josh Sweat last year, but it was close. It was 38.5 for Curry and 34.5 for Sweat. I almost wonder if we will see that flip or they'll kind of be kind of almost the same. It's not even – so in that sense, it's almost not like they have a traditional like DN3 and DN4. It's kind of I think, like – I think I think Sweat will be the DE3. Okay. Yeah, but, I, think they're, I think he's going to leapfrog him. Okay, I think that's possible too, but it, maybe – if not, maybe it's kind of the same deal where they're kind of similar. They're, like those percentages might flip, but it still might be kind of close. We'll see. Um, anything else, Jimmy? On it's you know, it's it's a it's like a it's a legit role in the Eagles' defense, the DE four spot. Like so, I just like published, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I guess the five biggest Eagles training camp battles to watch, and one of them was DE four because it was there's kind of just a big hole there, and I looked at the uh, snap counts going back. Uh, to the, you know, for the entirety of the Jim Schwartz era, 2016, the DE4 was, I mean, even Marcus Smith, <laughs> Marcus Smith was the DE4 that year. Even he got 21.4% of the snaps. Schwartz wanted no part of that guy on the field. Barnett was the DE4 in 2017. He got 41.1% of the snaps. Uh, in 2018, Chris Long was probably the DE4. He got 59.1% of the snaps. Uh, of course, some of that was because um, uh, Derek Burnett got injured. And uh, last year, you know, as you mentioned, Josh Sweat, 34.1% of the snaps. So, you know, you're looking at like the DE4, uh, even without injury, probably a good chance they're going to get like, you know, any, anywhere in the ballpark of like a third of the snaps, which is a reasonably, you know, crucial role in the defense. And now we're going to talk about defensive tackles organically. <laughs> My sense is that the Eagles are counting on the defensive tackle group here to kind of help out the, the edge rush. Like yeah, the they're strong counter, up the middle for sure with Fletcher very strong. And, and Hargrave. And then even, I mean, they'd like to do, they'd have to have a mulligan on that Malik Jackson contract. But, you know, certainly he's a player that um, as the number three defensive tackle, you can do a lot worse than that. Uh, so it's a very strong position. And like you said, I think they're going to, they, they need those guys to create a lot of pressure up the middle and also sort of take, I mean, what's going to happen is teams are going to start, you know, paying attention more to those guys on the inside, and it's going to be favorable matchups on the outside for for, for BG and, and Derek Barnett. And Fletcher Cox had said this in his press conference availability on Thursday, and maybe it's kind of a nothing comment, but I thinking about it to more, like, to myself, it's kind of not. Like, he, he said the defensive line is going to have to be, like, the leaders of this team, and obviously, you know, not superseding Carson Wentz, but at least as far as the defense goes, I mean... Yeah, Malcolm Jenkins isn't there anymore, you know, and like when they were at their best, the Eagles, you know, when they won the Super Bowl, the defensive line was dominant and they haven't really had that same level of dominance since then. And I think it really is time, and especially for Cox himself after a year where he, you know, just wasn't really quite the dominant elite player the Eagles are paying him to be as like your highest cap hit. Yeah, like Cox does need to step up, take it personally, and have like this kind of monster year and lead this defensive line, and they kind of need to set the tone for the defense at the very least, um, if not the entire team. So especially when, again, I, I've said this a billion times, I'm a broken record, but when you're paying like three top 15 interior defensive 
line contracts to Cox, Hargrave, and, and Jackson, like, you better be getting some kind of elite production out of them. Like, yeah. it, it's not enough for them to just <laughs> right. be, like, kind of good. Like, they right. have to be dominant. And and I, I like Ridgeway here as the fourth guy, by the way. I, I only have the Eagles keeping four. Although they have probably have players worth keeping beyond that. Like, you yes. look at um, a, uh, Anthony Rush. Like, not the kind of a guy who gives you pass rush juice, but he's huge. Has good size. Gives them an element nice. that they don't have otherwise. He's 350 pounds, and they don't have that otherwise. So he at least yeah. brings something different to the table. And, and just depth. Um, you also have a Raycon Williams, who the Eagles yep. gave a lot of money to and had a draftable grade on, as you mentioned, as an undrafted rookie free agent. So he could be in the mix there. Bruce Hector has been around like on the team for a couple of years. So, so they have depth there, and maybe they'll, they'll keep a fifth. I can kind of see that happening. But for now, I just have them keeping the four. I think Ridgeway is a good number four, by the way, too. I thought he showed some good things last year as a backup player that you feel good about having him there. It's just... Like, really, it's hopefully for the Eagles' sake that they don't get decimated again for, like, the third year in a row by these kind of just unlucky and unfortunate defensive tackle injuries. They really need um, this position to stay healthy and be dominant and and to take some of the load off of Fletcher Cox so he doesn't have to play, like, the whole season and kind of they can kind of, you know, manage his reps and just have him dominate and rotate guys in there. And obviously you can see Jackson, too, at defensive end. The Eagles coaching staff has talked about that a bit now. I don't think we'll see him, you know, full-time out there, but he could also take some snaps uh, on the outside it'll be interesting to see how that rotation plays out though because again you're paying a lot of money to those three guys so i want to see how that how that shakes out yeah williams would be one of those guys for me that well first of all i don't think ridgeway is a lock necessarily i do have him on i mm. think if uh i think williams will have a chance to to push him for that fourth defensive tackle spot um and like you said there, there's a chance that they keep five i think it's probably difficult for them to be able to do that and uh, keep this, you know the the number of players that they want to keep at other positions. So I think it'll just be four there. But R- Williams would be the guy that I would watch out for because not only did they ha- did he have a draftable grade, but he was they had you know draftable grades on five of the guys that they picked up in in, un- in the undrafted free agency period. And he, as far as my understanding goes, was was one of the top two along with uh, Grayland along with Grayland Arnold. Mm-hmm. So uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to move on. But you, yeah, you yeah, well, me too. <laughs> so linebacker, okay. how many you yeah. got? I have six. I have Nate Gary, who is like undisputedly the Eagles' number one linebacker, and I don't think everyone – well, I, I definitely everyone doesn't love that, but I feel like some people don't <laughs> think that's true. I mean, it's just unequivocally Oh, for sure true. it's true. Who else, who else would it be? I don't know, but they also have, I also have TJ Edwards there, Duke Riley, Jatavis Brown, Davion Taylor, and Sean Bradley. Okay. I have five, so I have, ta- mm-hmm. I have Brown out. Yeah. So that would mean that they'd be cutting Alex Singleton, who was on the team all year last year. And sort of an oddball fan favorite, Dante Olson. Hmm. Have you seen that too? That like he's sort of like a guy that people like a lot. No. <laughs> they gave him one of the lowest bonuses of all their UDFA okay. signings. Well, he yeah. he won. I think it's uh, he won an award for like the best defensive player in Division Two. I want to say it was the Buck Buchanan Award. Hmm. So he was really productive in in college, but. I mean, he didn't get drafted because he ran a four eight eight. Like you're not, you can't run a four eight eight in the pros, and um, you know, expect to get you know, first of all, expect to get drafted. T.J. Edwards didn't run. T.J. Edwards, I think, ran like a four seven eight or four eight two. He ran a he ran a bad time too. He didn't get drafted either, obviously, but showed something as a rookie last year. But I think Olson really has a uh, steep hill to climb to have any ch- kind of chance of making the roster. Brown, uh, who you have and I don't, you know, was reasonably productive his first three years with the Chargers. 
He had an especially good year as a rookie, for a rookie anyway, uh, last year. Um, you know, changed the scheme to some degree. Um, was not anywhere near as good. Didn't get as much playing time. Was not productive in the time that he did get. Really kind of had a rough, really kind of a rough year. Signed for very little money with the Eagles this past off season. But he's got a shot. Like he fits their profile of what they like. They like highly athletic guys. Don't really care if they're undersized. And he fits that profile. So uh, he certainly can make the team. Uh, you have him on. I don't. Taylor and Bradley. Taylor's a lock. Obviously, he's a third round pick. Bradley maybe less so, but I would. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a great chance of making the team. Obviously, Duke Riley's going to make the team. I mean, that's a guy that like you know they added. He's a lock. Week two was it? Week two, week three, something like that. It was during the season, and um, when Camus Grugier Hill went on IR and was done for the year, he became their special teams captain. So he's gonna he's gonna make the team. T.J. Edwards is obviously gonna make the team. He showed a lot uh, on run defense. I think there's some concern about his ability to hold up against the pass, um, but he's going to be on the team, obviously. So the locks for me would be Gary, Edwards, Riley, and Taylor to a lesser yeah. degree, Bradley. And I kind of have, like, I really struggled with, to have, struggled with having Brown on or not, but I think he's probably pretty close to a 50-50 shot. Did you, start, did, yeah. did, you, did you definitely have him on, or was that, like, a tough decision for you? I didn't have him on my previous version, kind of flipping between. I mean, you just look at the history of these Eagles linebackers they've signed in free agency, too. I mean, Zach Brown got cut last year. Mm-hmm. Um, LJ Fort obviously didn't stick around for too long. Corey Nelson should have, even, even though he should have, <laughs> but he didn't. Yeah, and and Corey Nelson didn't even make the team. Like you know, they just they <laughs> haven't kept around some of these guys that they've signed in in free agency. Would he be your uh, sixth yeah. linebacker then of the of the six? Yeah, I, I guess I was thinking like maybe they just like his special teams ability, and just because they're so thin there. At that linebacker spot, they might think, hey, let's just kind of just keep extra guys here and hope something, like, works out. Like, I guess that's kind of the thinking there. Yeah, I definitely think uh, Duke Riley's a lock. Dave Fitt was really talking him up, by the way, like, in, in the uh, when we had the yes. coach availability last week. Seems to really like him a lot. And my sense, listeners of BGN Radio will now know from going forward, it won't be a surprise to them if uh, Duke Riley gets some playing time on defense because – uh, my sense is like the Eagles kind of think there could be some upside there still. You know, he was what like a, he's a third round a third, pick. Yeah, like and also uh, scheme fit. Like I think they feel like he could be a better scheme fit for them than he he was potentially um, with the Falcons down there in their system. So well, you um, look at what they have. So they have Gary, who you know, as as he's going to be like their three down linebacker, and then the only other guy. I mean, you can't like project Davion Taylor to have immediate playing time. Because not only is he a rookie, but he's he's really he's pretty new to football. His mother wouldn't allow to play wouldn't allow him to play even in high school because of because of religious beliefs. So he only has like two years in at uh you know high level college football. So T.J. Edwards, as we mentioned, you know he's really good against the run last year, but very untested against the pass. And when he did play uh, in the past, you know they he, guys got open on him. So. You know, he's going to get more playing time, obviously, than he did last year. But when you look at, like, when they're in nickel, which is really their base offense, if, you know, if it's not like a rundown, are you going to have him on the field? And then if it, if you don't, it'll be Nate Gary and then question mark. Like, are you going to just have, you know, a safety play more of a linebacker role, which really is just sort of a really kind of a dime look? Like, you'll have a dime linebacker in there instead. Or are you going to play another linebacker in there? And if you do, it's probably going to be Duke Riley, right? 
So mm-hmm. like, so yeah, I do, I do think he's going to, I mean, he barely played any snaps in the regular defense last year, Duke Riley. I want to say it was like 30 something snaps total, yeah. but what with, uh, you know, uh, I mean, nothing's really a full off season this year, quote unquote, but with, with an off season, you know, you'd think that like you know, his chances of getting more playing time are great. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. So he had 29 snaps in the regular season. He played six snaps uh, in the playoffs, which there's something to be said for that maybe. Uh, against the Seahawks, so uh, yeah, I, I would put, I would put his his chances of contributing in the regular defense as much higher this year, obviously, than last year as well. The last thing I'll say on Riley before we move to corner is: remember how you kind of talked about, and this kind of just popped in my head. Remember how you talked about how like Bradham was like the hype man, kind of like he would get guys. He wasn't yes. necessarily a leader, like in the his locker energy. room or whatever. Yeah, but Duke Riley brings energy. Like Fip talked about that, and also just some of these videos I've seen, like posted on Instagram or whatever. Like Duke Duke Riley's like hyping up the defense and like the team in these meetings. Like he's like dancing around. So in, in I think the he kind of brings that. After the Falcons beat the Eagles week two last year, he was that guy. I remember that. Yeah, for the Falcons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think that could be something to watch. Cornerback um, Jimmy Darius Slay, Avante Maddox is starting, and I we've talked about this ad nauseum, but. To me, this idea that there's this open competition, <laughs> and right. you know, people are kind of ran with Schwartz saying that last week. It's just, it's, it's farcical. Farcical? Farcical. One of those two. Farcical. Um, <laughs> it's one of those. Farcical. Is that like when you fart into like a bag and then you freeze yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's one of those things because like Maddox played, again, like 380 or so snaps when he returned from a very scary injury last year. And Sidney Jones, like, barely played at all and only played, really, a, a bulk of his snaps in Week 17 when Mills was hurt and Darby was on IR and Max got hurt. Max started that game and he got hurt in that Week 17 game and then Jones came in. Like, this idea to me that they're all in a level playing field is, like, just a lie. And, like, I don't get anyone who actually believes that. Like, it seems like they're perpetuating a myth to me. I think Maddox is going to win that job, as we've highlighted. And I, he's, he's clearly the front runner. It's just not a level playing field. So beyond him, though, before we get back to that, I just want to say Nickel Roby Coleman's the slot guy. Mm-hmm. I have Sidney Jones probably is your top backup, I guess, um, on the outside. On the outside, yeah, because Cravon would be your top backup at the nickel. Although I don't think Cravon's a lock. I think he should be, but I, I feel like, unfortunately, he might not be. And then I have Craig James, actually, as my Oh, sixth. okay, over Azul. I like me some Craig James, Jimmy. He's a really good special teams player. Okay. Yeah, I remember you having him on there or you mentioning him on the podcast at some point. As, like, and I don't he started know. against the Jets last year. I have Razul uh, instead of Craig James. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, on the City Jones point. So, like, I even just wrote about this on Friday. But, I mean, people wondered why, like, he was in the Schwartz, quote-unquote, doghouse. I mean, you look at, like, the two plays that he made at the end of the year last year. He made huge plays on, like, the yes. slant to, I think it was Darius Slayton. Um, that sealed the, uh, I guess it, that was the, the Giants game. That was the punt. week 14 game against the Giants. And then yes. he had the huge play against Dallas where he broke up the, the semi deep ball into the end zone to, uh, Michael Gallup on fourth down that sealed that game. So, and then like in the Seahawks game in the playoffs, he doesn't play a single snap in the regular defense. And it was mm-hmm. like, well, why? <laughs> After he made these two big plays during the regular season. And for me, now, I don't know this for sure, but it, it, the, all evidence points to that Vikings game where he was he was really bad in that game, but so was everybody else in the in the secondary that day, especially Razul was really bad in that game. But the big thing in that game that, that happened was he took himself out of that game 
during a crucial Vikings drive in the second half. I believe it was still the third quarter. And Craig James had to come in for him. Craig James winds up giving up a, a touchdown pass while Sidney Jones is out of that game. Sidney Jones returned to that game. And then yeah, I think that really sort of uh, hurt him in the eyes of Schwartz, taking himself out of that game briefly and then coming right back. Uh, and, you know, obviously his replacement gives up the touchdown. The following week, they played Dallas. And the starters are Azul, who was worse than, than Jones in the Vikings game. Orlando Skandrick, who they had, like, brought, you know, they, they'd signed in season. And then the uh, the third starter was, oh, it was Mills, cause, uh, his first game back off of the pup list. So, I mean, at that point in the season, like, Schwartz was, like, kind of like, all right, I want nothing to do with this guy. He eventually had to play later in the year. I think he does give you that outside-inside versatility, so it's not like he's a lost cause or anything like that. Like, he's going to probably play some kind of important role at some point this season. But the idea that he's going to start over Avante Maddox, who's trying to stay in the game after he might be paralyzed in the Packers mm-hmm. game, like that was a crazy moment in in uh, All or Nothing where he takes yeah. the, he takes the you know the friendly fire shot by Andrew Sandeo, and he's on the field like they have like the they, they you know they would eventually bring out like the the stabilizer board and they take him off. He was trying to stay in that game. He's like, no, I'm fine. I'll get the guy. He's like, just let me finish. Let me finish the game. <laughs> let me finish the game. It's crazy. You can kind of, and then, like, I'm not like advocating for for that or like I, you know, I'm like that's not. It's not you know, it's not a great idea. Like guys play when they might be paralyzed. But you can see why Schwartz would like a guy like that over a guy like Sidney Jones is taking him out of taking himself out of the game at a, in a crucial moment against the Vikings. Yeah, I think people just want Sidney to be better than he really is. And they're kind of projecting. It. And I also think it's such a small sample size. Like, yeah, those plays were huge, but like, that's two plays. Like, like it's a, you can't just like project that and like, oh, he's going to be awesome if you gave him more playing time. Like, maybe. And I'm not counting him out. And he could be a very important backup for this team if you know Max has had some injury issues or you know, let's say Slay gets hurt. Like, yeah, Sidney Jones is close to playing time, and it would be great to see him. It would be legitimately awesome to see him break out. Um, but like just this idea, like that's such a lock. I feel like in some people's minds, like what are you like? What are we? What are you watching? Like where it just doesn't even feel associated or connected to reality here. Just like when you look at the playing time and the coach, the coaching level of trust. So I just don't get it. Anything else on corner? Jimmy? Yeah. So I do. The one thing I'll I'll just note here is that we both have him keeping six, which is uh, maybe a maybe a high number. I don't know if that's high or not. I think it is. But um, I mean, I have I have him keeping five safeties too. Just this preview. I guess you only have four because mm. you have him keeping. Uh, six, uh, six linebackers, but I'm keeping six corners and five safeties. I think they're going to go heavy in the defensive backfield because of the severe number of injuries that they've had uh, over the last few seasons there. And they do have like legitimate players that they could keep in their defensive secondary. Uh, safety, the starters to me are fairly obvious. The Eagles can say there's a competition. There isn't. From, <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's Jalen Mills. Come on, what are we doing? Um, look at how much Jim Schwartz loves that guy. So it's it's Jim uh, or. It's Rodney McLeod at free safety. It's Dale Mills in the old kind of Malcolm Jenkins, strong safety slash quasi-linebacker role, moving around the defense. Um, I mean, if Kayvon Wallace is awesome or Will Parks is awesome, then yeah, okay, play them ahead of Jalen Mills, of course. But the idea that there's like some kind of open competition, like or at least that like Mills doesn't have an extreme leg up on those other guys is nonsense. Correct. Same thing with Maddox, the corner, same situation. Yes. Um, yeah. So, and I think Parks is going to play, obviously, as a or or Wallace. Although I would give Parks the legs up, leg up from the beginning, just you know, being a veteran and thinking he could be an ascending player uh, as that kind of third safety. 
and uh, the Corey Graham role. And and honestly, like all four of these guys might get on the field. Like I think the Eagles are, are going to use more dime, and they're going to have more defensive backs on the field. And Wallace and Parks aren't necessarily you know like beholden to playing safety as much as they could play nickel. Like like they they could line like the Eagles what they're going for. You know, in their mind is this positionless secondary kind yes. of thing. And I think we could see these guys in different roles. But, yeah, so those are my four. McLeod, Mills, Parks, and Wallace. Who do you have as your fifth? So I have Graylin Arnold making the team, too. Yeah. Um, I had him previously, too. But he also got a shot out by McLeod, which he um, did. which is interesting in that he stood out to McLeod. And if he's standing out to McLeod, he's been in the league as a safety for long enough. And, he's probably and it stand- confirms he's playing safety, too. Yes, that was the other point, too. Yeah, so the Eagles list him as just DB. They don't list him as a corner or a safety. So it does, you know, sort of uh, – that, that was the point that I was going to make. Yeah, they, they probably view him as a safety. And he 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 sort of fits, as you mentioned, that quote-unquote positional profile and that he played both corner and safety. He's like a really interesting player to me because he's not big. He's 5'9", and he's not he's not athletic. Like he ran a, he ran a 4 five, nine, which uh, I, well, I'm looking on mock draftable here. Yeah, it's not pretty. It's not a pretty spider draft. Yeah. So, but you know where? Uh, so Daniel Jeremiah put out a top one hundred and fifty list um, before the draft, and Arnold was on it. You know where he ranked on his list? Um, one hundred and fifty. One hundred and three. Wow. <laughs> he was a hundred and third. So like, he's not big. He's not athletic, but he just made a ton of plays at Baylor. He's very instinctive, and he and I, I, don't, I don't have it in front of me here, but I think he had six interceptions this past year. No, I gotta look. But yeah, he's he a did. guy that six uh, interceptions, two passes, defense. But he's a guy that uh, that that I think the Eagles really uh, liked a lot, and like I mentioned before, he and uh, Ray, um, Raquan Williams, the defensive tackle, they were sort of their top two, as far as my understanding goes. They were their like their top two among the five guys that they had draftable grades on. By the way, the five guys they had draftable grades on that were undrafted free agents were Arnold, Williams, uh, Luke Jariga, and the two running backs, Warren and Killens. And mm-hmm. uh, Arnold was sort of like the, the top dog among those those five guys, as is my understanding. So I think he's got a really good chance of making the team. Um, and uh, I have him on. Uh, I have him on my 53 as, as the fifth safety. Yeah, he's probably right on the bubble for me. I, I could do this version again and have him on. Also, just wanted to add that he has a little bit of a punt returning experience, too. He had 12 punt returns for 149 yards and one touchdown. Comes out to a 12.4 average, so that could help him, too. I don't know if we'll get chances there because there's other guys the Eagles added who have punt return experience, but can't hurt. It's another tool kind of in the toolbox. Um, Jimmy, why don't we hear some things about uh, <laughs> realty? Because I have some questions. About my girlfriend, Kristen to... Roach. <laughs> yeah. Of yep. Roach Realtors. Yes. Uh, she and her mother, Stephanie Roach, boast over 50 years of combined experience in real estate sales. So if you're looking to rent or buy, sell, rent a home, they're dedicated to listening intently and matching individuals and families with a home and neighborhood that best fits their needs. Expert negotiators who know the market trends and get you the best price possible if you're looking to sell your home. Kristen and Stephanie understand that buyers more than ever are doing the bulk of their searching for a new home online. That is why it's paramount that your listing pops off the screen grabs the buyer's attention as they employ for professional photographers, including drone photography for overhead shots. They are experts, and they have sort of that female touch in interior and exterior design. They can help you stage your home. Uh, none of, of course, all of this, no additional charge or anything like that. 
and and you know that I actually helped them write their their home descriptions online. So check out Kristen and Stephanie's reviews against Kristen Stephanie Roach on Zillow.com. You won't find a single bad review. Like literally, like not not one four star review or or blow, and they have like a healthy number of reviews. It's five stars across the board. So for a free consultation or a market analysis of your home, call or text Kristen at 856-906-9295. You can also just email me and I'll get you in contact with her. My email address is jimmy at phillyvoice.com. Brandon? Back after this. Back here, BGN Radio, for a final segment. We've gone over the roster, Jimmy. Now we can, well, mostly. Well, real quick, teams. Jake Elliott, Cameron Johnston, Rick Lovato, yep. done. Locked. <laughs> uh, I would just say Johnson will be a restricted free agent after this year, so he kind of I feel like just kind of pressure on him, like he should. He should yeah, that's not a lock season. for them to keep him. Like those restricted free agent tenders are not cheap, mm-hmm. so he's got to have like a really good year for them just to not pick up like another undrafted punter next year. Yeah, if he implodes, then you know you just you don't keep him. Um, uh, we kind of went over Alshon beginning on PUP, but the Eagles also put Brandon Brooks on PUP this week, which I thought was kind of interesting. It seems like they're holding out some kind of hope, even if it's completely irrational, like that maybe they're thinking like if the season gets delayed at some point. Yeah, that could be. Or they make it to the Super Bowl. Like just even that there would be a chance that they could have him on PUP um, as opposed to uh, just like officially ending it out. Like why not do it, I guess. I don't really – I'm not reading much into that. He kind of responded to someone on Twitter that suggested like that could be the case. He he, he responded like a gif that kind of like – Fed into the possibility, but like, <laughs> what, was, what was the gif? It was like Kim Kardashian leaning out of like whatever, like, le- like kind of like, hey, looking in, like, hey, I see what you're saying there. This is great analysis on the podcast, but uh, yeah, so whatever. I don't think that's going to be a real thing. I'm not, I'm not counting on it. It's I not, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not it's it's not stupid of them to do that. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like it makes sense for, for for them to do. I mean, why not? Who cares? It's not like you have even like if a, there's a one percent chance. Yeah, yeah, it's not like you have a limited number of people that you can keep on the pup list. So why not? He's so, not gonna he's not gonna count toward your he's gonna count to your roster like right now. But who cares? Like he's not gonna count toward your fifty three when it really matters. So let's get to the practice squad, Jimmy. It's different this year in that where it used to be ten man practice squad. Now it's sixteen. Yeah. players. And six of those players, there's no limit on the amount of experience they have. Usually there was before, previously. Um, also, it doesn't matter know- for the Eagles' purposes because I don't think they're going to have any like veterans on there anyway. Unless they take, well, unless they, they grab one from not on, from someone who's like, they grab someone that's not on the team right now. Yeah. But as far as like um, the cuts that you and I both made here, there aren't like, you know, veterans that you would consider keeping. Um, I think I might have won that qualifies that way, but yeah. uh, we'll get to it. And okay. also note that each week, four players starting Tuesday at 4 p.m. cannot be poached off of the practice squad like they usually could. Teams can protect four players each week before a game week. I don't think they can do it during the bye. It's only like before a game week. Um, and then Right. The so like thing- at the end of like – I think there's some confusion there. So – at the at fifty three man cutdowns, you can't protect four practice squad guys. Then, so like it's yes. not like you, it's not like it's fifty seven man cutdowns, and you get to keep four of those guys on your practice. But you got like you got to make the fifty three, or else you're going to get waived, and you're subject to waivers, and you're sub, like the Eagles have to you know sort of sweat out another team uh, claiming a guy off a waiver. So you still got to cut down to fifty three. It's just during the season each week on Tuesday they can keep guys from being 
uh, poached off the roster. Like, so last year, if they had designated Suo Opeta as one of those guys, uh, then the, they wouldn't even have to have brought him up to the to 53-man roster because the Dolphins would have never tried to poach him in the first place. Kind of works the other way, though, too. Like, would the Eagles have Jake Elliott, who they poached off the Bengals roster or practice practice squad back in 2017 if that rule existed? So, um that that's really how that rule works, but it has really nothing. It has no bearing on, uh, I guess, when when they cut down to fifty three. It's just a week by week during the season thing. Also, want to note that unlimited players can return from IR after three games this year. That's a so smart player. Rule. Yeah, uh, that players. It should have just been that way all along. So I want to get into my practice squad here, Jimmy. Sixteen players. Uh, Kyle Laletta. I think you need to keep a fourth quarterback, especially you know with with uh, potential COVID outbreaks. Uh, Michael Warren, I have him on the practice squad. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say when I agree, so I'm not to go through my list too. But yes, okay. check, check. I have them both. Deontay Burnett, check. I think oh, so you don't have Killens then? I don't have Killens. Me neither. <laughs> uh, That's Robert funny. Davis. Okay, Rob I don't, Davis. I, I don't have him. I have Marcus. I think Green. at least two t- two wide receivers though. Um, yeah, I have Marcus Green. Go heavy. Okay, um, Josh Perkins. And Noah Tangiai, I have on here because I only have two on the you know my fifty three, so I kind of have them right. able to 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 promote these guys if necessary. Right, uh, I have Perkins on my fifty three, of course. I also have Togiai on Tangiai on my practice squad, so I'm with you there. Suo Peta. Yep, I have Mylata because I don't have him on my fifty three. I have Luke Chiriga here. Yep, me too. I I have Sharif Miller here on the practice squad. Okay, do you have, so do you have Casey Tuhill? And I have him as well. See, I have Sharif Miller off. Not that they wouldn't keep him, but mm. I think that if they cut him, just based on Sharif Miller's disappointment when he hasn't been, <laughs> when he was inactive on game day, like he kind of, he, like he tweeted stuff on days yeah. like he wasn't active. I think if he gets uh, waived at 53 man cutdowns, he's going to look for a different opportunity somewhere else. And I don't think Tuhill is just ready to make the team. Like, physically, I just – you look at – I've talked about this before, but you look at his, like, profile, his athletic profile, his, his bench press numbers were really bad. Like, I, and I just look, – looking at him, too, some pictures of him, like, I just think he needs to add more strength. And he's he even two, yeah, this. he's 250, and he said he's up to 255. Mm-hmm. So he's been, you know, working out in the weight. He's super athletic, so he, you know, does have that working for him. But, yeah, I agree that he's probably got to bulk up if he's – I mean, they could also – I mean, they do have guys like – uh, you know, Jonathan Avery and Joe Osman, who he sort of fits that profile too. Like maybe they have sort of a you know a Joker role in mind for him as well. But I agree with you that he's going to have to put in time uh, in the he's he's maybe I mean he doesn't really have an injury history. I think like the the Phantom IR guy, the best possibility for that is probably uh, Prince Tagawanogo. Mm-hmm. But maybe they can invent something up for uh, Casey Tuol as well. Who do you think would play the Batman role? I don't know. Oh, Joker. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what you, where you're going with that. <laughs> uh, Anthony Rush, I have him on the practice squad. Yep, me too. Raekwon? Uh, and, and Raekwon. Yep, yeah, me too. So I've been going heavy defensive line here. There's 16 spots. So you can <laughs> right, you can just pick whoever you want, really. Um, Alex Singleton, because, you know, why not have another linebacker? I have him out, but only because I, you know, I have Jatavis Brown not making the team. So, I, oh, he would be my guy, I guess, like the veteran. Uh, okay. So That's I have possible. him on. I guess you yeah, don't have Dante like Olsen actually. then. I might do that. Next one, I might just put Jatavis on the practice squad. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and then so this I guess is... You don't, have, you don't have Dante Olsen then? 
No, and this is the biggest name I guess I have in the practice squad. I resolve staying on the practice squad here. See, I think he finds a. I think he finds a, a job somewhere. Maybe if, if they cut him, somebody's going. Someone. Else, I mean, he's he's worth a roster spot to somebody. Maybe the Jets. Yeah, Joe Douglas or the Browns. And with, I think uh, also it's sort of a, a similar thing as uh, Sharif Miller in that he will feel very disrespected if he gets cut because he's a guy that's got yeah. a lot of playing time over over the last three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he started a bunch of games too, so he's going to feel disrespected if he gets cut and he's going to go somewhere else. And then I have I Craig have James. Also... You have him on your roster, obviously. I have him on my practice squad. Yeah, and you could flip those either way, and I'm not going to like you know argue. It's kind of between those. Uh, and then Michael Jaquette, uh, Solak said the Eagles kind of like him, or at least he's heard that. He's got some good size. Uh, yeah, six foot. He's six one, maybe even a little over two hundred pounds. Got some athleticism. I have Prince Smith though. They gave a bigger signing bonus to uh, Michael Jaquette. Okay. So you're wrong. And then <laughs> Graylin Arnold, who, yeah, I definitely think could easily make the roster and would, I think, you know, lock to be a guy the Eagles protect if he is on the practice squad. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's that rounds out my 16. I have Elijah Riley on my practice squad. You, I, on the Jersey Number Analytics podcast, Jimmy, I said he has a great number. What does he get? What, what did he get? 33? 48. Oh, 30. What, what, what did he get? 48. Oh, 48. Okay. Wes Hopkins, baby. Okay. It's pretty good. Yeah. Wes Hopkins. <laughs> fifth all time in interceptions on the Eagles. Tommy Lawler's <laughs> profile picture on Twitter. That's true. Yeah. That's true. We got to get Tommy on here, by the way. We haven't, we, we've never had Tommy on here. We got to re- reunite the, uh, what was it? Helmet is it, is, wait, is it Tommy's? I thought he had, uh, it is. I thought he had, um, Andre Waters. No. It's, I think it's he 48. Did. Look at, uh, well, I think, he, I think he did have Andre Waters at one time. No, I, I think right now, I though. It, oh, no, it, it is. It it's is funny. Andre Waters. Thinking, but I think, I think he writes about Wes Hopkins a lot. I guess that's what I'm conflating that with. I think he likes Wes Hopkins. Anyway, but, either you know way. What? I like that as, as a trip. Not that specifically now, but we're at some point, uh, listeners, we're going to have a uh, trivia contest between Brandon, Kist, and Solak. And mm. I think that – I think uh, – Twitter people who have players as their avatar is going to be part of that. Well, people are just dying with excitement <laughs> now. We won't have Andre Waters on there now. Or maybe we will. I don't know. But I have Elijah Raleigh. He's like, uh, again, another productive guy in college. He went to Army. Um, or was it Navy? No, I don't remember. Army. I want to say, say Army. Uh, it's Army. He's a guy maybe that can put on a little weight and play linebacker. Hmm. Anyway. Any final thoughts? And then, or, or and then, even... uh, Matt Leo obviously makes the team as right. an exempt player. Yes. Can't be activated to the roster, but will spend the the off the the, the, the this extra product, practice body for the team this year at defensive end. Um, no final thoughts for me, Jimmy. Other than obviously subscribe, download, rate, review, all those good things. Hopefully, we'll be having some more Eagles news to talk to you all of to talk to all of you about. That's a sentence uh, soon. Check out my podcast I did. This is a plug, and I hope to have him here on the Bleeding Your Nation podcast feed soon with, my, with good friend. Now, also, I'll read your work to me, supporter of you, Brendan Ekstrom from uh, Doylestown, PA-based band Circus Arrive. I uh, did an interview with his podcast called Off the Beat. Um, he interviews actual musicians, or at least he did for the first two episodes, and then he had me on for the third one. So definitely, uh, I don't know why I'm on there, but uh, good friends with Brendan. And it was kind of a fun podcast. Kind of talked about things I usually don't talk about. 
on here. So if you want to go check that out, definitely go check that out. And again, I hope to have Brandon on here uh, sometime soon. So I think it'd be fun to hear from him. We've had him on BGN Radio before. He's actually written an article for Bleeding Green Nation too. So um, so yeah, that's about it. What about you, Jim? Yeah, that'd be good to have him on. And then, uh, like you mentioned, we should have Tommy on too. Tommy's my former yes. uh, podcast co-partner. Helmet Talent Show. That's right. That's right. And actually, did you see the interview that he did with Bo? I did. On the, yeah. he like killed that. <laughs> well, what would you expect from what else would you expect from Tommy Holler? He's a legend. Yeah, that was a, that was a very fun read. So, All right, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll have Tommy on soon. But I I have nothing else to add. All right, well we'll get out of here. And I'll, before we do, just want to remind you again. You already know this. Come on, you you know what I'm about to say. Thank you for listening to BGN Radio, which is presented to you by Righteous Felon Craft Turkey. Don't forget to use discount code BGN15 at checkout to get 15% off when you order $50 or more. Again, that's discount code BGN15, RighteousFelon.com. Jimmy, talk to you next week. Goodbye, everybody. BGN. And...